Hello, hello. Hi, uh, my name is Emil, and this is Jericho. We're doing a podcast, and right now we're going to talk about the topic of existentialism and the issues of how finding meaning in life, and also about free will versus determinism. So, Jericho, uh, with the topic in mind, I would just say, how was your day so far? And uh, yeah. well, right now it, it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me. Let me. Let me. We're we're kind of we're kind of new to this podcast game, so uh, just uh, bear with us. Have some patience. Uh, we'll be so much better off, like uh, in the second podcast that we're gonna upload because we're gonna be with uh, another friend of ours uh, named Paul. <laughs> uh, right now it's night time. If you're asking how my day was, so um, my my day actually went really great. Uh, I just. Uh, was uh, online uh, doing some shopping. I didn't want to go to the mall and get people <laughs> infected. Uh, <laughs> I apologize for yeah, that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. It's not like we're going to uh, for sure publish this podcast because we're going to listen to it again, but we're going to continue. Uh, yeah, Emil, like he said, we're going to be talking about determinism and free will and what are our... <laughs> Sorry, we need to stop. <laughs> oh my god, bro. We can't take it seriously. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is not going to end well. Um, yeah. So, uh, Emil, what is your thoughts on uh, determinism and free will? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I have to take it seriously. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, we're just. <laughs> Come on. We're waiting. We're waiting. Oh, well. <laughs> well, um... well uh, the issues <laughs> of. Uh... <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. I'm listening, I'm listening. Go ahead, you're you're free. You're free. (laughs) All right. Okay. So Jericho, uh (laughs) Okay. It's okay, you got this, you got this. You can do it. Uh so the issues of uh Mm -hmm. of of free will and determinism. (laughs) Can you stop laughing? It's infectious, man. Okay, okay, okay. Go, go, go. All right. Go, go, go. So the issues of free will and determinism has always been a debate for centuries now. And I'm just going to say that we're not academics here. <laughs> we're not academics. We're just... We're just... Uh, we're two guys... <laughs> Oh please stop, man! I'm gonna die. <laughs> I was. You're doing good though. Uh, you're you're getting somewhere. That. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. okay. So the issues of free will and determinism is just a notion. How are we free? How are we not? And how does is it predetermined because of some factors of societal? or because of some sort of deity, or individuals are born with preordained freedom that we have, 
Uh, what's your thoughts, uh, Jericho? And where, where do you stand in this debate? For me, I've always been a believer in free will because uh, growing up, I was kind of theist. And uh, in the theist worldview, we believe that uh, we can choose between good and evil. But my idea of free will is not the same as it once before. I just believe free will in the sense of existentialism, where it talks about how we have the freedom to uh, choose um, whatever action we're going to take. And that's where we find true freedom um, and meaning in our lives. And uh, I think uh, the idea of determinism is uh, somewhat uh, bad for us as human beings. Because if we are led to believe that we are determined uh, by everything in life, that we are not in control of our brain, we're not in control of our impulses, uh, I always think about how we humans can actually resist. We have the ability to resist our impulses. For example, if you're watching, uh, let's say, pornography we know as men we are inclined to you know have uh, a sexual gratification from uh, pixels on the screen and that's it's hard to control we we feel that urge every single day especially with men with higher sex drives men with higher sex drives will have a harder time to resist uh, their uh, instincts um, because you know uh, dopamine is such a big drug that it can affect the, our, the way we think, the way we judge. But some people actually have the ability to say, no, I don't want to watch that today. I want to do something else. And that's why I firmly believe that free will makes the most sense to me. And if people disagree, that's fine. But everyone has their own say uh, on the matter. And I would just like to hear <laughs> your thoughts, Emil, on free will and determinism. Well, I mean, in the <clears throat> same conclusion, same opinion, is that yeah. I... I don't believe that chemicals could preordain how we're going to make our decisions in, in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I also don't believe that factors of your birth or factors of your class and wealth will predetermine how, how you're going to be in, in the future. Um, a, poor, a poor individual could be born in with, with a very poor family, with just lack of any educational, any economic opportunity. Right. But if he's determined to himself to find a better life, but also <clears> determined <throat> to, to work hard and find a good education and eventually get, get a, a degree or at least get a job that, that is high paying, but also eventually become successful, uh, that, 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 that's his free will. That's yeah. also... Also, the idea that from other uh, other academics or other scientists have concluded that sometimes we can't be uh, we can't have this opinion that the that the criminals that were that were in there that were caught <clears throat> should be treated with uh, with more dignity. I'm not saying we could we should be uh, you know have a harsh more harsher treatment of them. No, all I'm saying is that. That because they were born in in a poorer class, they were conclude become more criminal. I don't believe the idea that if you're born poor, as a uh, in in a in a poor environment, it's you're gonna become more of a criminal yourself. The individual has the free will to 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 find himself in there. So the, that's the idea, and also we also have to conclude that free will, as what Jacob said, is that. 
it's not just based on on finding some sense of <clears throat> pleasure, but also finding a, a duty or at least a sense of discipline, and that's free will. Um, not watching or at least not following what your mind is telling you to do because out of pleasure is a free will. Free will is doesn't mean it has to be good. It means you're actually def- defying uh, what your brain is telling you or what the chemical wants you to do, like dopamine and all of that. So I do believe that free will does exist. And also, uh, there's also a negative outlook if, if you just if things are all predetermined, um, do you think that if you're poor or at least you're not making enough money or you're not successful in life, is it the predet- do you, do you make an excuse by saying it's predetermined that all your faults happened because I was poor in a I was born in a poor uh, poor environment that means I'm gonna be I'm gonna remain that way I don't believe so and individuals are not meant to be should not be shackled by by negative uh by by those negative thought by saying that we are all predetermined uh in the, in the future no i believe that individuals have uh i could walk into a dark cave and be a light in the tu- and could see the light of the tunnel and escape that sense of dreadness of uh, being trapped and being forever alone. No, I, I believe that uh, we we could step out of light and find freedom there. Yeah, well, uh, there's also people who actually believe in free will and determinism, which is called compatibilism. So uh, for people who are stuck in uh, poverty and they want to change their lives, uh, yes, I, I do believe they have that freedom to make a change, but I don't necessarily believe that, you know, when they think, oh, I can do anything I want. I want to be a millionaire because I have the free will to choose to be a millionaire. No, like we have free will, but not to the extent where it's just like everything um, in life um, we can choose to be. It's just like the, it's limited options. We have a lot of limited options available. For example, someone in a in a third world country, they, they don't have, uh, let's say they don't have the money for education. So their limited option is to either, you know, like, try to find a way to make money while for us in the first world country we're just like which school do i apply to right all of our choices are are, are different in a sense and uh i just think that uh, i think about people who have like mental um difficulties just like uh or dif- disabilities people with uh let's say autism or down syndrome do you think they would have the same level of free will as to say to people who have a healthy functioning uh, brain, people who are not uh, mentally disabled like them? Well, I'm just saying that just normal individuals. Or okay, if least, we're talking about normal individuals, right? We could, we could just say mm-hmm. about there's a sense of free will there. So the idea of people with autism as have any free will, that's debatable. Uh, they do... Uh, I can conclude they could still make their own free decisions. They could still decide this or that. Of course, there may be limitations, as what you say, but it doesn't stop them from from doing what they want or what they don't want to do. They still have emotions. They still have uh, things they want to do. So um, I don't buy the idea that all people with autism is monolithic and that their decisions are predetermined. I don't believe that. 
So, but what about when scientists uh, discover uh, doing a test? They say that people actually make conscious choices uh, before their brain even like before they made the decision. Like their brain actually literally makes a decision. I'm not sure how many seconds before, but uh, they reported that and they, they said that that debunked the idea of free will. How do you feel about that? But they're not counting on other ideas or how we make some of our decisions. Why do we fall in love? Why is this? Why is this individual attractive and why they're not? Um, maybe that that's chemical, but also sometimes some of our actions are irrational. And that could include free will also. And I believe that science, science, science is great. But not, not but human beings are also unpredictable. If you're saying that all human beings could be predicted and predetermined, uh, that that then we can predict what, where the future is going or where where how this individual is going to conclude himself into. No, we can't do that because people change their minds. People change, and even the individuals are unpredictable. It's irrational. We're sometimes. Free will doesn't mean we're rational beings because sometimes we act on irrational thoughts, and we act in a and we sometimes we we do d- decide decisions that are not predictable. And science is great, yes, but I don't think scientists could predetermine all of our decisions. If they do, then then humanity would been if if humanity prefers peace, then they would not have been twenty. Uh, 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 centuries of conflicts, but they don't. They don't determine that because human beings and nations are different. They act differently. They have their own things, so they have their own thoughts. So we can't just predict that. Uh, what about when people, let's say, uh, have a specific flavor they like? You maybe for me, I like chocolate, or and you like vanilla. Did I really consciously make that decision to? to say uh i like chocolate but that was that means that i already you made an assumption i like vanilla okay <laughs> no like no like just for example for an example uh, maybe maybe you like chocolate do you like chocolate we could switch it around if you want <laughs> if <that matters. laughs> who doesn't like chocolate <laughs> who doesn't like chocolate right but uh when we're talking about that when people have specific colors that they favorite i like blue maybe you like something else um what, what do you make of that or is that is that a free choice that we have inside of us? Because I, I definitely didn't make that choice to say, "Oh, I love the flavor of chocolate." Why do other people like vanilla? I could just say, "Why don't you love uh, watching some shows?" I could just say, "Why yeah. don't you love this?" I know all people are different, but doesn't mean we can't have we can't like the same thing. So, but don't you think our choices could be um, <clears throat> more of an illusion? Per se, like we're, we're, we think that we're making the decision, but it's just our personality. Like we make choices based on our likes and dislikes. Like me, maybe I like BBW and you like not be. That's the worst possible example. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I mean, though? Like when we 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 just like things differently compared to other people. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Uh. <laughs> oh god. Uh. You just want to move on to the next topic before this gets out of hand. We can okay, move on. Let's talk about uh, our favorite philosophers. Okay. Who who wants to go first? You or me? I uh, I would like to go first. My favorite philosopher will be Cicero. Okay. Um, I could just say his background. Uh, Cicero is uh, a known scholar during the Great Republic, but also he's a known Roman politician. He was a consul. He was also a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So he's a, a renowned good speaker. And yeah, yeah, yeah. for Cicero. Uh, within his background, his most important for him, he thinks that he won't, his most important legacy is his political legacy. But looking back, it's not that. <laughs> I love Cicero and I love his politics, but I think what the most influential thing is is his teachings on on friendship and his views on 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 finding happiness in there. And he concluded that that. Being close to our friends actually is the main reason why we become more happy. It's not because of 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 maybe pleasure and all this, but the we're, we're the most happiest is when we're, when we're close to our friends, and that is pretty clo- that is very close to the opinion of Epictetus that that we can't that the only way we become happy is when when we take out anything that makes us unhappy. And the most happiest we can get is, you know, is having friends, but also not not finding any stress in life. And I do believe that Cicero has that has that legacy of helping individuals not only to be happy, but also uh, the telling the opinion that friendship is the most important thing, and finding the the proper friends is gonna make you. <clears throat> Is the most important thing you can you can do in life. So, but what do you say to people who actually don't have friends or they have a hard time making friends? How it depends, though, because uh, friendship doesn't mean you have to be friends with everybody. Aristotle once said that if you're friends with everybody, you're friends with none. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friends that having friends is more is trying to find a good quality. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, food or something, and I like that. Maybe that's a bad an- analogy there, but what I mean is that you have if you want to be healthy, you got to find something, you got to eat something healthy. It's the same thing with friendship. You, you have to be friends that are going to make you happy, but also good friends, mm-hmm. friends that will help you out, that will that will that'll help you make good decisions, but mm-hmm. also will not will will that will discourage any of any. Any of both of you guys uh, wore spices, and for sister, that's important. For mm-hmm. him, he, the only way he's not only happy but also successful in his life is because he find like friends, friends that were gonna help him out, that were that he could tell his jokes, who could he could laugh at it, and that felt serious, or mm-hmm. have the same manners but also same sense of humor, and having a right friends. Uh, are a good one. Uh, you don't have to have uh, ten million or hundred of friends. You can have five or even six. For Cicero, he doesn't care as long as long as you have good quality friends that you like. You can that you, that you could trust. And as as he says, you, you're you're only 
you're only going to be successful not only in in life but also retain happiness if you have the right friends if you just treat your acquaintances as just another mere tool for your own gains then you're not going to be happy Mm -hmm. because you only see a zero-sum game in in life and for Cicero that's not how he sees the world he sees the world in a sense in more idealistic sense and Mm -hmm. uh, for him friendship is the most vital thing in, in life it, it it's like uh, uh it's it, i would compare it to human beings needing water we need friends mm-hmm. we don't have that then uh, then we're not like depressed but also even if we do have a lot of acquaintances if we just treat them as another friend or at least individuals that we could just be used upon then what's the point of having friends if you just see the world in that kind of series some games so yeah and that's the thing we're a very social species we're supposed to be communicating with people uh, forming bonds but nowadays in society it's kind of hard to make friends because everyone's um very attached to their technology and it would be a hard time to actually make new friends because uh, people are not even talking to each other face-to-face anymore and that's what scares me about the future of the society we live in that we are just so like people have friends uh, online but is it the same as if you were in person talking in person uh, let's say if you're you're shopping with your friends the mall if you're a girl or if you're a guy you play sports uh, it's definitely different compared to just you know if you're let's say playing video games and you're talking to them online like hey what's up it it doesn't you don't feel that connection as opposed to just um just being together in the real world oh yeah that's true that's true but we but online could also encourages people that you're never going to become friends with to be friends with in the first place you could you could still invite them and tell them so you want to meet up or Mm -hmm. somewhere so it's not uh all gloomy I, I I understand what your your opinion is that there are legitimate concern that we're too attached to our phones and too attached to social networking uh, to yeah. to social media that we mm-hmm. tend to be blinded and we lost the simple things in life. So sometimes it's also a good thing that um, that some uh, that it might take a while for us to as we grow older to pre- fully appreciate our friendship we had when we were young. And I think uh, that eventually in my own conclusion, my own opinion is that, that yeah, maybe online would be also be a bad, uh, maybe discouraging more people going out and finding actual friends, but the verdict is still out there. We don't know, but it doesn't mean it doesn't stop me from, from talking to to my friends and hang out with them. And even now COVID-19 actually may have hurt that, but you know, I can still talk to them in, in on my phone and keep in touch with them. So uh, it's not all gloomy and all there, but yeah, I understand your, your pessimism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, cause I'm thinking about a society like Japan where they're very advanced compared to us. And most of the people in Japan, uh, I'm not saying like everyone uh, thinks like this, but a lot of people who visit Japan say that people there aren't as social compared to uh, Western society because everyone's so busy. Everyone's bustling. Everyone wants to get to their destination. There's no time to chat. There's no time to 
have small talk and um it's a it's it's actually more depressing um when you uh, know about that and you know people want to visit japan because they see it as you know one of the greatest places on earth but once you're actually there uh you're going to definitely change your mind mostly yeah i uh, i often would say that sometimes you don't want to have an idealistic an idealistic view of certain countries and i would mm-hmm. tell that to people that especially with japan it doesn't mean i have any uh thing against japan it's just rather if you observe it more closely then there are things that are pretty alien to westerners like us they mm-hmm. tend to be more collectivist they we tend to value individualism mm-hmm. so there's some there's some differences on that front but going back from from the opinions of of you know why is japanese people more shy and reserved maybe that's because how they value that on their culture i have i have no i can't answer that maybe there's something about ecstasy in that front or maybe because of their work culture uh, i i i've heard i heard some yeah. read some few articles and was watching some videos and they said that the, the japanese folk culture is pretty hellish because mm-hmm. at the time and uh uh, and the wages are not are not great. And I heard uh, stories that are in the, there are a lot of Japanese individuals that would die from yeah, overworking. That's true. So I think that has that has to change. Maybe some legislation from the from the Japanese government could probably do that. But sometimes that's not. They can't really change much if that's the culture, and the culture has to change. And maybe a more relaxed culture on on work could help out but i'm not i'm not i can't change that we we can just observe and and uh, be fascinated i guess with the uh, with what's happening how different sometimes a different culture could be even if they're two even if country both western countries in japan are two advanced nations uh, advanced nations they could differ on how they view work so yeah yeah well, uh, since you mentioned uh, Cicero, <clears throat> I have another uh, example of a a great philosopher that talks about the the value of friendship, which is uh, Epicurus. Uh, Epicurus is uh, he's Roman, right? Is he Roman or Greek? Uh he's Greek, but he's a Roman citizen. Okay, he's Greek, but is a Roman citizen. Okay, got it. Uh, well, he says uh, that friendship is the the main path to happiness. Um, I actually agree with that. Same with uh, Cicero. And uh, I've been reading a lot of Epicurus and I actually saved a lot of his uh, quotes on my phone because uh, it just means a lot to me. Just reminding me uh, that I should never lose touch with uh, any of my friends that I've acquired because um, a lot of people nowadays really have friends, but are they real friends? Um, Not really because of social media. When you're using social media, you see people, they have a lot of friends on Facebook, but do they ever talk to those people? Do they ever communicate uh, on a deeper level? No, they're, they're just, it's a very superficial uh, relationship, but real friends are people like, I'd rather have three f- real friends than let's say 500 fake friends on Facebook. And people have, uh, they get validated when they see that number. Oh, I have 500 friends, <laughs> but those people are actually the most miserable people. The more happy people are people who actually have authentic uh, friends that encourage them, like you said, uh, 
make them a better person. And in the past, you know, I'm sure we all had that experience of toxic friendships. Uh, I'm not sure with you, Emil, but I'm sure you you ha- have to have a little bit of. Oh, you don't uh, want to. Problems. You don't want to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like we're, we're not. Gonna I have a lot of. I have a lot yeah. of. Uh, I won't say I have a lot. Okay, <laughs> I'm not a very outgoing guy. I'm a very introverted mm-hmm. individual, but I right. do have. Everybody has some. Like you, you can think about maybe one or two mm-hmm. individuals they're used to be friends with that. Yeah, yeah. They were. They thought, "Why did I become friends with this guy in the first place?" So, mm-hmm. yeah, when you mature and you grow into a new person, you look back at your old self and you're just like, "Wow, there was something really wrong with me that time." To think that I actually wanted to be friends with this person and hang out with them—it all seems like a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> And you're not alone in feeling that way. I'm sure many people have have uh, felt similar. Uh, you just have to be cautious when choosing friends. You don't just want to jump in and oh, you're my friend now. Like for me, it takes quite a while to get to know me. Like I don't open up right away when people ask me like, oh, like what, who are you? What do you do? It's just um, it will take time. It can even take like months to actually form a connection with someone like myself because. I would say I'm introverted. I can be extroverted at times if I choose to, but deep down, I know I'm a, a introvert. And introverts, the way they f- form friendships are completely different from extroverts. Extroverts can just say hi to someone, and they're just friends automatically. Friends automatically. We yeah. don't wanna. We don't wanna <laughs> make fun of you, extroverts who's probably listening to this. But I, I have my kind of doubts and concern when you say you're friends with individuals more likely you're acquaintance with them mm-hmm. uh so a good an actual friendship is the one you're actually not only well acquainted but know their secrets they they want to encourage you they want to tell yeah. you don't do this don't do that that's like that's what friends are and if you don't have a friend if you just have a friend and then they're just a person you know that's not a friend at all so yeah to me, I see a, a real friend is someone who is a part of you. Like they reflect the best parts of who you really are. Um, an acquaintance is just someone you just want to waste time with. You know, <laughs> that's how I would uh, describe the differences. Um, anyways, uh, we're going to talk about something else. Uh, what was it, Emil? Do you remember? Uh, let me just look at my notes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to mention about Nietzsche? Oh, yes. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche. Uh, he's uh, one of my favorite philosophers. Uh, I, I read a lot about him. A lot of people say he's a pessimist. Um, I don't know about that. I, I, I really don't have an opinion right now because I haven't read too much into him yet. Like I didn't really read any of his books. I just like go on Google and I just search up all his quotes online. And I'll just save it to my phone like I do with most philosophers. But with uh, Nietzsche, uh, I like his uh, perspective on uh, what is like what, what, what is uh, the human like drive. Uh, and he says it's the human drive uh, is the will to power. We all want to seek power. We, want, we all want to dominate. We all want to be the best versions of ourselves. I'm just curious, Emil, and what you think about the notion of the will to power as opposed to other philosophers who say uh, life is the will to meaning and the will to pleasure. 
Well, if you're looking at the will of the power, I'm more going to look into individuals in history, and he would probably would see individuals like Julius Caesar, yes. who, re- who was able to overcome, but also redefine uh, not only society, but also government. Uh, he was able to destroy the Republic. And for Nietzsche, if he could, he could redefine not only himself, but who could, who, who could, re- who could also uh, redefine morality, could redefine anything in society. That's for him an Ubermensch. That's the Superman there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for, for Nietzsche, for, he sees morality as kind of a, a, an obstacle for individuals. That, that's the one that keeps them uh, under their yoke. And that, and that free, only, only way to become not only free, but also become an Ubermensch is to overcome that. And my opinion is, is that I'm, I'm a bit more, uh, I wouldn't say having doubts because I do believe the importance of morality is what keeps us order. Because you don't want to have one, uh, everybody thinking that you could just become an Ubermensch, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we don't want individuals to just read to just challenges uh, what is good and what is bad. I may be I may be uh, strawmanning uh, the argument for Nietzsche, but I'm just thinking I don't want society to fall under uh, to individuals that they could just um, uh, overcome or at least try to change uh, to to see morality as kind of just an obstacle. I see morality as a guiding uh, a guideline that we need to do so we can have an, a peaceful and orderly society. Uh, if Nietzsche sees as kind of a, 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 a sense form of slavery, then whatever. I, I, I see that that order and peace are important. Freedom is important. I, I, that's the thing I value. But also having a, a stern and and an orderly society is what keeps not only opulence but also prosperity. And I, 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 I I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Caesar. <laughs> I'm a fan of Cicero. Mm-hmm. I I, uh, I love my dear Republic, and I hate uh, <laughs> Caesar for destroying that. But I'm not gonna get to that opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I I would disagree what uh, Nietzsche would have said, but. Um, he does have a valid opinion, uh, and I, I, I sometimes do find some vindication on on the Ubermensch idea, but but I don't often accept it. So you might, I think you might, you might oppose my opinion. But what's your thoughts, uh, Jericho? Can you have oh. elaborate on on Nietzsche? Uh, I always had a hard time uh, comprehending uh, what the will to power truly means. Is the will to power meaning that we can just uh, try to strive to be the best uh, possible version of ourselves, which is the Ubermensch? Uh, is Adolf Hitler the Ubermensch, would you say? Uh, if you take his idea in an extreme, yeah. Uh, some See, say that. Yeah, I, I really have trouble with that. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about, uh, you know, like you get to determine what's right and wrong. That means like... Um, if you get determined what's right or wrong, it's kind of like you're being a dictator. Wouldn't you say the same? Yeah, pretty much. You're you're pretty much arguing that if my right is my right and your wrong is wrong, but also yeah. the idea of morality is just what you think of it. That's pretty dangerous. Because yeah. I we do know. I mean, 
each society are are of course different. We can't, you know, not everybody have the same thing. All of that, but that doesn't mean we all agree that 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 ha- like making individuals think that this this morale that the my good is your bad, and that my your bad is my good. Uh, that is is dangerous territory, and and I think the will of power is sometimes could be liberating, it could be scary. So I don't know. I uh, what 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 what's your thinking, uh, um, Jericho, on on the extreme the t- the idea or at least the critique of some of a lot of people on the idea of of the Ubermensch. Well, I I I do believe that morality is subjective. And yeah. that opinion can change in time, but as for now, I'll, I'll stand by that. Um, yeah, but like when it comes to the Ubermensch, I just yeah, I, I fear for one day that someone you know would read about Nisha and then he would just you know like, have you heard of the master mora- morality and slave morality? I haven't heard about that, well, but it sounds similar. Master morality, it, Nisha talks about it a lot. He says that. Uh, Judeo-Christianity ethics has destroyed uh, uh, the ethics that he believes are the right ethics. Like uh, for Christians, they value um, being humble, uh, being equal. Uh, mm. They're focused on people who are being abused, oppressed, weak, suffering, and they kind of are more orientated towards uh, more socialist or communal political systems. As with the master morality they they are more focused on people that are more powerful um above above the herd above the flock of sheep they are concerned with like ethical codes and emphasize um excellence strength merit um grit virtue and these are things that christianity is trying to take away thinking that those things are bad those things are evil so for a christian they would say oh um, this guy, let's say, this is they're talking about a rich and powerful person. Money is evil. Being greedy is evil. Being powerful is evil. Like they should be sharing that money. They should be donating. But we all know, if we had that money, would we really have that same belief system? If we we're in well, that it's, position, I would. I would think it was more of a a a, a pull and a push. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just trying to. It's 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 a it's a, I think nature was getting in there, but it's more of a line that do you want individuals that do have uh, things that they have in life to keep it for themselves, or would you rather have the masses to share it? It's rather just a pull and push. It's the same doctrine with Christianity, the same doctrine with others. It's that like, how do you want to keep how how do you want to share out the money in in a sense and it's 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 a mixed balance because you don't want to create a very communistic society where you outright destroy yeah. <laughs> you kill all all of the rich and how can you not only encourage just the ta- talented individuals the entrepreneurs if they you know they're just going to be discriminated by the masses but you also don't want to create a, a very oligarchic society where the the rich could just do as they win and the, the poor are just the poor and you don't want to create that society because eventually the poor are going to get mad and they will start a revolution. It's finding a right balance uh, that will, that hopefully would, would, would create a more stable society. Nietzsche, this is what my kind of my issue is that yeah, uh, morality, 
the issues of of Christianity here and there. But sometimes it's more of a balance, really. It, you don't want to. Uh, we don't want to encourage this outright uh, this master or slave um, conclusion that that we need we're just gonna have the rich to dominate or at least the 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 powerful to dominate the poor or the weak and the meek and the meek just outright just rebelling and killing all the rich or or the or the uh, the one who has power and privilege it's we need a trade society that's pretty balanced so um, in here currently in the West, we have we're able to find the right formula. In my own opinion, we have a very capitalistic society where we encourages competition, which encourages rich people to be rich. But their money are there. We tax them, tax them at some certain rate, and that goes to the welfare system. And that money goes to public education. That goes to healthcare. Not only that take that that is taken care of. You know the masses, but also they will eventually uh, that will benefit everybody because if you have a literate masses, they could work with the rich people, and the rich people could pull in those talents and they can make more money, and the and the the masses could could benefit by gaining wages and they could buy their own food. It's 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 a I think we want to pay a willing. Uh, it's a what you call a selfish ego, uh, selfish altruism. That's what I would say. Uh, a selfish altruism, where maybe the rich are making a lot of money, but eventually they're going to be taxed, and that money will go to the public so- uh, sector, the public system, and mm-hmm. the rich would benefit, and the the, the privileged are going to benefit because they can tap in and those talented, skilled people, and the sk- talented, skilled people will work for them, and they'll gain more better product, better you know, better phones and all this. And the, the, the people, the masses, the one who's working for them could earn not only with money, but they could buy their own food. They can get more their own houses. That's why we, we, we have this kind of a large section of a middle class where they're not really poor, but they're not really rich. They're just on the middle. And the rich are dependent on the middle class. We don't want to create a society where it's just outright zero-sum game where the, the the rich can just do whatever they want. They can just outright discriminate against the poor. That's not a good winning formula, and you can create a revolution. That's how that's how I kind of, kind of want to critique Nietzsche. So, But I would like to ask you, like, your opinion on whether or not pride, um, power, ambition, things like that that are associated with the master morality, do you think that those are harmful for people to believe in that sort of uh, system of morality compared to uh, the slave morality? Well, I mean, it's not really black and white, but all I'm saying is that the master morality could benefit if he encourages uh, the people that do have that master morality to compete to each other Mm. rather than becoming a predator to the slave, to to the masses. It's far more beneficial for them to try to uh, to compete and trying to you know produce more better products that will that will help out the poor uh, and the, the masses. Uh, it's just I don't do I believe in master morality. Everybody does believe that we want to we we encourage merit and we encourage people to succeed, but nobody wants to create a society where where we we see a bunch of oligarchs discriminating against the poor. I don't. I don't see it as a benefit. 
So I don't know if I'm saying the the right answers here. I could be wrong. Um, you could kind of critique what I'm saying, but that's how I see it. So, hmm. well, like because uh, many people really say that uh, having an ego is bad, being prideful is bad. You have to be humble when you are successful in life. When you make a lot of money, um, you shouldn't be too uh, greedy with your money, but um, we all know a lot of rich people are greedy with their money. Uh, we know Jeff Bezos uh, has enough money to actually cure homelessness, but we all know that that money is used for other purposes that we don't know of. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, like, because if I, if I were to say that I would believe in the sleep morality, it's more like they say it's like... A, for the weak willed people who have no will to, to uh, get better in life, to, to be better in life. They would just, they would be okay. Like for example, in the Christianity say um, the, the meek are the ones who inherit the earth. The meek are the ones who go to heaven. Um, blessed are the meek. Um, and he says the you can't worship money. You can only worship God. And if, when you have that sort of mindset, it's just like if you were in a poor situation, you would just accept it. You wouldn't want to get better at it. You would just say, oh, I'm just thankful for everything. And that evil people, like, they shouldn't be respected. Like, But if you just say to yourself, hey, I think uh, these people with a lot of money, I can I can strive to be like them too. If I use my will to power, I could, I could achieve what they have if I um, change sort of my mindset. And not think that, you know, wanting more money is necessarily a bad thing. Because, of course, everyone wants more money. Everyone wants to um, possess the most, uh, pos like, possessions in life. They want to pursue. They want to be the best. And isn't that, like, how we are every day in our lives? We all want to be better than someone else. We always compare our, uh, each other. Do you, know, you think that's that's how we work as human beings? I mean, there's nothing bad about having that master mentality of yeah. trying to compete to one another. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you create uh, uh, that are actually good mm. when when individuals are trying to outmaneuver one another. Um, we just you just got got to be careful what kind of system or what kind of how do you encourage that though in, in some form or the other because you don't want to destroy it. Yeah, we don't want to destroy that kind of. An animalistic uh, nature of yeah. trying to dominate the other, but we don't want to outright eliminate that because yeah. the meek, yeah, but the meek is also trying to uh, are also are are also trying to become the main sovereign and also trying to uh, discourage any any of the strong to to destroy them or trying to to uh, be a predator against them. So. It's all if you look at it from a different perspective, you can just say the meek is also are are as predatory as the as as the, the strong. They could also if they also want to discourage the people, uh, you know, they also want to gain more power and leverage. So it's it's all it's all part of human nature. Uh, we I think we're more becoming more pessimistic how we know we how we're looking at human nature itself, but. Uh, I I think we all see it as uh, as all all the game all all of that so. 
Like you think what life is a game? Uh, I mean, I would say life is all out the game, but I mean, if you don't play the game right, <laughs> sometimes either you're gonna get uh, bullied, you're gonna get uh, uh, trampled upon. So sometimes knowing to defend yourself, knowing how the game is played, is gonna is gonna protect you in some form. Um, uh, the meek should know how the the wicked play uh, uses their tools. Uh, and defend themselves doesn't mean the meek has to be the wicked, but the meek just just know how the the wicked perform themselves, how they act and how they think, how they how they use. It's I know this is not Nietzsche, but I would just think about how Machiavelli, uh, the political philosopher, would think is that the that individuals are are naturally evil and that we are. Be determined to try and outcompete each other, so it's important for the meek to learn how the wicked perform and how they think. And a lot of people think that the reason why Machiavelli wrote the book *The Prince* it's not because of how uh, of, of of he's trying to uh, trying to apply for a job for this uh, for this Dutch, but rather he's he's trying to expose the fault. Of, of the of the part of the aristocrats, the wealth of bankers, of how how they act and how they pursue, so they could educate the actual common masses mm-hmm. that this is how they this is how they act, and and you should know how to defend yourself. It's kind of a manual for common people to say this is how they uh this this is how the game is being played. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't know too much about. Uh... Uh, Cicero and all these other philosophers, but I, I would love to uh, get to know them more. Do you have any books that you can suggest to me and uh, the audience? Uh, on what well, uh, I would recommend to read the the Good Life on the Good Life by Cicero. It's on uh, on uh, it's published by uh, by uh, Penguin. Okay. Um, it, it, it's 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 just the title of the book because uh, the the, the the translator decided to put all five books that uh, Cicero wrote on on more philosophical perspective, not political, on on that on all on that one book. So he he talks about how, of course, the importance of friendship, but also importance of finding meaning uh, on 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 debt. How how can we how can how can we find? Uh, how how can we become a good orator? Because Cicero was an orator himself. So if you want to be, if you want to be, become a good public speaker, Cicero would be a good one. And also, uh, he talks about how um, the national, the rational forces of of the universe. He believes that the gods or the Greek or Roman gods are are. Are not the old one who's predetermined how we're going to believe in things and how all things in nature are predetermined, but rather it's humanity or the rationality that should be your guiding. So Cicero is a, a first humanist, you can say. And the other book I would recommend it's more of political theory, but he he wrote uh, on the Republic and on the law. Uh, the first book he he defines the best political institution. He believes uh, like what kind of best political uh, government they should have, what, what makes a republic work. And then the second book is uh, he, he defines what is natural law. 
natural law for end beliefs. This is like the founding basis for this is like their actual law in nature. This is this is how it is. And there are and there are the human law. They're they're not uh, they're they're written on the constitution of some form. So Cicero is not only a good scholar, but he's also a friend to lawyers in in in, in the future, even for me. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm currently reading about Cicero now, and uh, I'm on this page. It's called uh, Cicero's Laelius de Amexitia. So that's Laelius on friendship, and it's just giving me a summary of uh, what his thoughts on friendship were. And it's talking about Laelius and uh, Scipio. Do you know Scipio? Oh, Scipio, uh, that's the uh, name of uh, a Roman general, uh, Scipio Africanus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he he admired that, that, that the Roman general. So, What about Laelius, though? Laelius? I think that's one of his friends. Mm. So. so does Laelius have a different definition of friendship um, compared to Cicero? Or do they completely agree on the same thing? They would disagree on a lot, but I think it's just more on uh, he just like Cicero is just following a lot of the Plato's Republic uh, dialogue, where there are different individuals and they're debating at one another. Um, and Cicero didn't really use himself, so he used uh, Scipio as one of his mouthpiece, uh, I guess you can say, and he would uh, he would use him saying this is what the Scipio would have said and this is what he would have uh, would have agreed upon it's the same thing with plato and socrates so uh, you can kind of take the grain uh, kind of grain of salt about you know the perspective each individual is saying not because they're wrong it's because you know i don't know if this is how we're, those individuals perceive themselves into but his ideas are still valid uh his ideas on friendship still is so Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'll I'll try to read more about him when I have the time, and I hope uh, the audience uh, learned a lot from uh, tonight's podcast. We talked about a lot of things from free will, determinism, uh, Nietzsche, and other famous philosophers like Cicero. Um, is there anything else that you would want to talk about? This is going to be like a random topic. Uh, we'll, we'll just. Uh, talk with whatever is on our minds uh, if you have anything on your mind that you'd like to say uh feel free to say it right now i am i'm good uh, i think good. The, the the topic has been our our podcast has been uh been fun uh, i think learning about nietzsche and his his views on ubermensch or yeah. something else <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, i disagree what uh, what uh, nietzsche would have said you know, this is just for me, but I used to admire Nietzsche. Yeah, Maybe yeah. something happened to me. Maybe I need to kind of read him again, too, so I can, I can at least appreciate him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Nietzsche is a very uh, influential Western philosopher. And I think uh, any, anything that is related with philosophy is a top, fun topic. So It is. It is. Me, me and Emil uh, deeply love uh, philosophy and uh there's going to be more to talk about on the next podcast and hopefully we'll get uh, our friend Paul to join in and uh, give us his thoughts on different philosophical topics. 
and we just appreciate you guys for listening to this podcast uh we had a great time in the beginning i'm sorry if we uh laughed a bit for for a few minutes but we'll we'll try to maintain our composure and take our uh podcast game more seriously uh it's going to be a process uh for us to get better at this we have just started uh, this is actually our first episode if you didn't know and uh, we actually made a draft even before but we discarded it because we know that it wasn't just ready for publishing but i think uh emil that uh, we we are very comfort uh comfortable and confident about this podcast would you say the same emil yeah i think uh he's gonna have some rob patches uh, just <laughs> yes. gonna be a lot of uh some ditches in a row, but we're hopefully going to find a, a smooth uh, uh, highway ahead, and hopefully things are going to be more better next time. So, And uh, no doubt it will be. So uh, that's everything for tonight. Uh, we'll get going, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, in the next one. Peace out. Peace.